Welcome to AM Now, where we bring you the trending accounting matters we're following. I'm your host, Adam Olson, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Harger and Matt Fisser. Each bite-sized episode keeps you and your finance and accounting teams in the know. Join us each week as we unpack these issues, topics, and accounting matters now. You're listening to AM Now, an accounting matters podcast. I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Matt Fisser. We're kicking things off this week, bringing you a couple updates from our friends at the FASB before jumping into some recent sustainability-focused developments, including the latest on the California climate reporting bills and a new sustainability disclosure framework fresh out of the UK intended to be the global gold standard for climate transition plan disclosures. So Matt, let's not waste any time here. What's the latest from the FASB? Yeah, this week, the FASB issued its latest accounting standard update, ASU 2023-06, centered on codification amendments in response to the SEC's disclosure update and simplification initiative. The purpose of these amendments in the ASU is to bring clarity and improvement to disclosure and presentation requirements across a range of topics within the codification. They will also enable users to make more accessible comparisons between entities that adhere to the SEC's existing disclosure rules and those entities that were previously exempt from these requirements. Furthermore, these changes are designed to align the codification's requirements with the SEC's own regulations. In a move dating back to August 17, 2018, the SEC issued a document called Disclosure Update and Simplification. In this release, the SEC referred specific disclosure requirements to the FASB. These requirements, although overlapping with generally accepted accounting principles, called for additional information to be included in the codification. The ASU's latest developments include the incorporation of 14 out of the 27 disclosures referenced by the SEC into the codification. These changes impact disclosure and presentation requirements across a diverse range of topics in the codification. It's important to note that these amendments are relatively focused in nature, with some serving as clarifications or technical corrections to current criteria. As a result, a wide array of entities may be influenced by one or more of these amendments. The effective date and transition guidance included in the ASU is a bit trickier than most new standard updates, so follow along closely here. For entities subject to the SEC's existing disclosure requirements and for entities required to file or furnish financial statements with or to the SEC in preparation for the sale of or for the purposes of issuing securities that are not subject to contractual restrictions on transfer, the effective date for each amendment will be the date on which the SEC's removal of that related disclosure from Regulation SX or Regulation SK becomes effective. Early adoption is prohibited in those cases. For all other entities, the amendments will be effective two years later. The amendments in this update should be applied prospectively. For all entities, if by June 30th of 2027, the SEC has not removed the applicable requirement from Regulation SX or SK, the pending content of the related amendment will be removed from the codification and will not become effective for any entity. Clear as mud. Yes. Very tough one to follow there. So definitely check out the ASU for more specifics on that transition guidance. But staying on the FASB updates this week, the board also held its most recent meeting on October 4th, focusing on two key items for the agenda. One, codification improvements, and two, the EITF issue number 23-A on induced conversions of convertible debt instruments, which we have previously covered on AM Now. As a result of this meeting, several tentative decisions were made by the board. For codification improvements, the board discussed feedback received from comment letters and issues pertaining to Section A of Proposed Accounting Standards Update titled Codification Improvements, which was initially released back in November of 2019. 
From this, the board decided to move forward with an ASU to address issues 1 through 16 in Section A of that proposed update. The board also agreed that two transition approaches to these updates should be provided to reporting entities, both a prospective and retrospective application. The board decided effective dates for public business entities would start with fiscal years, including interim periods within those fiscal years, commencing after December 15, 2024. For all other entities, the final update will be effective for fiscal years, including interim periods within those fiscal years, beginning after December 15, 25. Early adoption is allowed for all entities. Next steps, the board instructed its staff to prepare a final ASU for vote by written ballot. As part of that same meeting on October 4th, the board also made tentative decisions around the EITF issue centered around induced conversions. Specifically, the board ratified the consensus for exposure reached by the EITF at its most recent meeting in September and directed its staff again to draft a proposed ASU reflecting the consensus for exposure for vote by written ballot. The board decided to provide a 90-day comment period for the proposed update. Switching over to the sustainability reporting updates, we have new developments on California's landmark climate reporting bills, Senate Bill 253 and Senate Bill 261. This week, as expected, Governor Newsom signed both bills into state law. As a reminder, these bills mandate that certain large companies, both public and private, doing business in the state, should disclose their value chain emissions and report on climate-related financial risks. Specifically, Senate Bill 253 requires certain companies to provide annual reports on emissions across all scopes, including direct emissions, scope one, emissions from electricity use, scope two, and indirect emissions related to supply chains, business travel, employee commuting, procurement, waste, and water usage, or scope three emissions. Senate Bill 261 applies to U.S. companies as well doing business in the state with revenues exceeding $500 million, and those would require companies to prepare reports on climate-related financial risks based on the TCFD framework. Originally, Senate Bill 253 set disclosure deadlines for Scope 1 and 2 emissions in 2026 and for Scope 3 emissions in 2027, with reporting aligned with the greenhouse gas protocol standards. The law also mandated third-party assurance for emissions reporting, starting with limited assurance for Scope 1 and 2 emissions in 2026, and then a progressing to more rigorous reasonable assurance levels by 2030, with limited assurance required for Scope 3 emissions by 2030. As part of signing these bills, Governor Newsom has indicated that the timelines for these bills will be extended and the cost implications for businesses will be addressed before they come into effect. He pledged to collaborate with the bill's authors to address these issues and emphasized his worry about the financial impact of the legislation on businesses. Additionally, Governor Newsom directed the California Air Resources Board, CARB, the agency responsible for developing and adopting reporting regulations under the bill, to monitor and streamline the program's cost impact. This announcement aligns with the recent comments from the SEC, who also highlighted concerns raised by companies and investors regarding the reporting of Scope 3 emissions in the SEC's forthcoming climate-related disclosure rules. These concerns, particularly the impact on smaller businesses and the nascent state of Scope 3 reporting, have led to discussions about the practicality and reliability of such disclosures. We will continue to follow this on AM Now as further clarifications around the implementation of the requirements of the bills develop. And rounding us out this week, we have another new disclosure framework focused on climate-related risks coming to light, and this time it's from the UK. 
The UK's Transition Plan Task Force, or TPT, released the final edition of the TPT Disclosure Framework aimed at establishing a top-tier standard for companies to develop and report their climate transition plans. While numerous companies across the world have made and continue to make net-zero commitments, many have struggled to articulate and disclose their strategies for achieving these goals in a consistent and standardized manner. Enter the TPT. And according to the TPT, the new framework outlines best practices for robust and credible transition plan disclosures. These disclosures, as part of a company's sustainability-related reporting within its financial statements, serve various purposes. They include providing a blueprint for organizational transformation, enhancing information for investors and lenders to inform capital allocation decisions, and aiding policymakers and regulators in comprehending and managing the economy-wide transition direction. One common sentiment that arises when we see a new framework for reporting is interoperability. On that, the TPT emphasized that the new framework aligns with international standards. It builds on and is consistent with the recently released climate disclosure standard by the ISSB and draws from the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero framework and guidance for net zero transition planning. Companies navigating their climate transition plan disclosures should begin to familiarize themselves with TPT to further enhance the usefulness of their sustainability reporting. That they should. And that rounds us out for this week. For a deeper dive into what's trending in accounting and finance, check out our other podcasts on the Accounting Matters feed on your preferred listening platform. Again, I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Matt Fisser. Thanks for listening to AM Now. We'll see you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series, and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant subsequent authoritative guidance issued.